Welcome to the From the Flats podcast, brought to you by AT&T, your destination for the latest in Georgia Tech athletics. Hear from the experts, including media covering upcoming opponents in the ACC, former Georgia Tech letter winners, and the Georgia Tech IMG Sports Network crew. Now, here's your host, Wiley Ballard. Hey, and welcome inside another episode this week. Georgia Tech travels to Louisville, Kentucky for a Friday night primetime clash with the Louisville Cardinals for the first time in school history. And to get this thing started, we're joined by a very special guest of the Louisville Courier-Journal. That'd be the Louisville football beat writer, Jake Lorem. And uh, Jake, thanks so much for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. Well, obviously, the Cardinals coming off a, a mind-numbing loss against Florida State this past weekend. Yeah. They had it in control. Uh, then a key interception from Jawan Pass uh, set the train going in the wrong direction. And Florida State, with some talent, obviously, on their side of the ball, able to finish it off with a go-ahead touchdown in the final 90 yeah. seconds. And so let's let's go ahead and start with that. What What's the vibe been like 96 hours after uh, the defeat? It's funny you mentioned I hadn't heard that one. Mind-numbing is a good word for it because it was just stunning. Having the ball first down at the other team's 21-yard line with two minutes left the other team has two timeouts and you end up, you're up by three and you lose the game. It's, you know, so it's, it's just so much went wrong. The, the mood is definitely after the, after the game and this week definitely seems a little bit down. I think they did a great job from the week before when it was an almost equally uh, disappointing loss where they just didn't, really show up against Virginia and lost 27 to three. The, uh, I thought they, after that, they did a great, the players did a great job of coming back with a lot of energy, putting forth a great effort to, to win on Saturday. This week is, it might be harder. Well, a big part of Louisville struggles here early has been the offense, which is right. in some ways shocking, just given uh, Bobby Petrino's track record <laughs> after they've ranked in the top 15 in points per game each of the last two seasons. And now they're one of only a dozen teams averaging fewer than 20 points per game, you know, through mm-hmm. five games this year. How much of that has to do with the subtraction of Lamar Jackson versus other aspects of the team beyond quarterback not exactly fulfilling their potential? Yeah, I, I think that's pretty much all of it. I mean, that, that's that's their that's the problem is they the way I've thought of it is they relied so much on him and rightfully so when you have a player of that caliber you build your team around him. You build your offense around him. And you you deal with whatever happens after he leaves, after he leaves. And that's what they're dealing with right now. He was, you know, he was well, you know, he, the vast majority of their offensive production came from him. And they don't have a, you know, they, they've changed their offense back to more of a pro-style offense under Juwan Pass. And they don't have another player like him. And there won't be another player like him for a long time. So that's, I think that's a lot of it. I think that's a lot of what they're dealing with on offense and especially a quarterback. What is the status of the quarterback position right now? I know Jawan Pass got the majority or perhaps even all of the reps this past Saturday, but he and Malik Cunningham had gone back and forth. Jawan played the full game on Saturday, and that was the first time since the season opener Petrino had actually left in the same quarterback for the whole game and not had to bench him. So that I think that was big, and I think Jawan will start on Saturday. That, that I think, is going to be big for them. He really, I think his confidence is low, and I think he really struggled down the stretch. He, you know, he missed a few t- few balls that should have been touchdowns, and uh, he threw the two interceptions, obviously. But just the fact of having this quarterback competition resolved and going forward with one guy, his confidence might be low, but 
I think it'll only increase now that they now that he's back to being the starting quarterback again. Let's flip to the other side of the ball. And Brian Van Gorder, defensive coordinator for Louisville, name familiar to Tech fans. He was in Notre Dame in 2015 when Tech lost to the Irish in South Bend. He was in Athens when Tech defeated Georgia in 2016. Yeah. Uh, what do you expect to see from his defense uh, combating the triple option? Well, the key for them is they're a really young defense, obviously. They've played without John Grenard almost the entire season. Um, they've also played a little bit without Doreen Etheridge, though he'll be he'll play on Saturday or on Friday, excuse me. I think the key is this defense is a lot more aggressive. We've seen them be more aggressive against every opponent this year than than last year. You know, Peter Sermon's defense last year really wasn't aggressive. I think you'll see Louisville this year be, at least, especially in the front seven, more aggressive. And, and one name to watch for is D. Smith, number 11, who's a hard hitter and really a rangy safety. He does a really nice job of moving back and forth from the safety spot. So he'll come up from safety a lot and, and, make, a, and make a big impact in the running game. And I'm interested to see how they handle it, obviously. What do you expect uh, from a crowd perspective on Friday night? Obviously, there's going to be a blackout Friday night game. Uh, and Louisville's a, one of the bigger towns in America without a pro sports team. Mm-hmm. So this is their team. Uh, what mm-hmm. was the crowd going to be, be like considering that it's been sort of rough sailing after the first month? Yeah, I'm interested to see that. I think there'll be a drop off. Despite the fact that the team started two and two, there's a great crowd for the Florida State game on Saturday. Um, so I, I think the, there'll be a good crowd for the Georgia Tech game. I think maybe they get one more week with that level of support. Um, if they lose on Friday and then they go to Boston College and lose, and then come back from the bye, we can play Wake Forest at home. There'll be a lot of empty seats. But I think fans are mostly willing to support the team. Um, and this, you know, it's a night game. A lot of people were had had gotten excited for this game before the season started, before the downturn. So I, I expect the crowd to be a factor. Well, Jake, thanks again for joining us. And if tech fans want to follow the Louisville side of things, can they uh, find you on Twitter? You can find me on Twitter at Jake Lorem, L-O-U-R-I-M. And you can read all our stuff leading up to the game at CourierJournal.com. All right, well, Jake, thanks for your time. And I uh, look forward to seeing you on Friday. Absolutely. All right, when we come back, we'll be joined by a former Yellow Jacket uh, letter winner who has unique ties to both Georgia Tech and the University of Louisville. That's up next on the From the Flats podcast. And here is Nesbitt coming on the pitch, and this is Anthony Allen, 30, 35, 40, midfield, 40, Allen, 30, Allen, 20, 10, 5, touchdown, Georgia Tech. And we are now joined by a Yellow Jacket letter winner, a member of the 2009-11 win team, played in the ACC championship against the Clemson Tigers, the Orange Bowl. That'd be none other than Anthony Allen, Ant, as they call him, and uh, Ant, we're happy to have you here on the show. Oh, man, no problem. Thank you for having me. Well, Anthony, I don't think it's a huge secret to you why we wanted to have you on this week. You began your career at Louisville in 2006, 2007, rushed for over 1,000 yards, had 20 touchdowns, things going quite well. Uh, But after that 2007 season, you elected to transfer uh, down to Georgia Tech. So my first question is, what attracted you to Georgia Tech? Uh, coming out of high school, I was originally uh, recruited by Coach Gailey to come to uh, Tech. Then next week, I actually went up to Louisville and committed there. But um, I always I always knew I wanted to go to Tech. Um, I wanted to go there ever since I was a little kid because it was my dream to be a mechanical engineer. Uh, the, the dream kind of changed once when I got to college. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, I always wanted to go to Tech. Well, 
obviously a lot of success both at Louisville and at Georgia Tech. You played in two Orange Bowls for two different teams and scored touchdowns in both of them. But I'm curious, what's your favorite memory from your time at Tech? Um, uh, there's, there's, there's so many to choose from. There's so many to choose from. But I'm going to say my own personal one would be that first Clemson game that, um, that we played Clemson 2009. That, that game kind of let everybody know that we were for real that year. So, obviously, that's a great start to the season. You guys face Clemson again and the ACC Championship playing the Orange Bowl as well. Is there anything about that team or a story or an anecdote that perhaps most fans may not know? Uh, man, that, that year, I think we were so, we were so close because one, you know, we weren't allowed to live off campus. So we all stayed on campus. We all pretty much stayed in the same vicinity of dorm. And that whole summer, we kind of like all became brothers. So like coming into that year, like when we did bad on offense, we felt like we were letting the defense down. Like when the defense did bad, they felt like they were letting us down. So we all kind of held each other accountable that year. And we were all just so close as a team. All that was a testament to Joshua Nesbitt, though. He really was the glue for the team that held us all together. I mean, when you have a quarterback that throws the interception or has a fumble recovery and he goes and snatched the ball out of the linebacker's hands and takes it back and comes back in the huddle like that's just what he does and goes down and leads you to a touchdown it's like you have you can't help but try to play every play your hardest for that guy uh, that play you're referring to against florida state in 2009 when you went back into the huddle after that whole sequence happened what, what was the <laughs> what were they that saying guys looking at him are they laughing at him are they just speechless jaws on the floor i mean <laughs> how <laughs> It's still, you go back and watch the replay of that thing, it's hard to believe that you had a fumble on the play, Florida State recovers it, and Nesbitt essentially just says, ah, I'm not letting that happen, and tracks down the defender and rips it back. Yeah, no, that was, I mean, when we, when we came back, I mean, the, the whole game was crazy because it was a, like an hour and a half ran delay before. So once when we got back on the field, you know, things just started heating up. And I mean, when we, when we were down there on that drive, I believe that was the fourth quarter. I mean, I think that was like, getting down into the end of the game it was when he did that we came back into the huddle we was just everybody was all hype of course we was like yeah good job good job he told us to settle down he was like calm down calm down spread 12 or whatever the play was the next play and i was like dang like you know he came back so composed after doing something that's like i felt like gonna be like the most historic play i've ever seen in my career (laughs) and then uh and we just came out there and then then wound up scoring that drive well, don't sell yourself short either. A first-team All-ACC selection, uh, your senior year in 2010, and, and since that last year, obviously uh, had a stint there in the league with the Ravens. But what have uh, what's it been like uh, the last couple of years? Obviously, I know you came back and uh, graduated from Tech, and within the past year, what are you up to now? Yeah, so once once when uh once when I finished playing ball, I kind of went back and didn't know really what I wanted to do for real, for real, and um. One of the classes that I actually had, it was digital digital marketing. And I was like, you know what, let me take social media marketing too. And uh man did so well in those classes and the teacher was so uh, motivating and inspiring. He he kind of made me want to go ahead and take it up myself. So I started working a little bit there and then came here back to Miami. And um it's fun, man. It's it's competitive because, um, you know, you're always trying to fight against other companies and, you know, get more views and get more likes and get more sales, of course, and, you know, increase ROI. So, I mean, 
it's 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 kind of like a it kind of feels like football again, you know, where I'm just competing against somebody else. Well, this is Georgia Tech, obviously. We 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 love our professors. You want to give a shout out to uh to to your digital media professor here at Tech? Oh yeah, Michael Buchanan, man. Uh, appreciate you know everything you did. I mean, I always tell you this, but you know, you know, you're my dog, man. I appreciate everything. And if y'all in this class, y'all need to pay attention to what that man's saying. He <laughs> not only made a lot of money doing what he's doing, but I mean, he also, you know, had the gratitude to come back and teach other people how to do it. Well, Ant, thanks again, man. I uh, appreciate it. And uh, I know you got to a lot of games last year being on campus, finishing your degree. Hope you're able to make it up to the flats uh, sometime in the second half of the season. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'll be back, man. You know, I, I coached with these guys during the spring, so I'm kind of tied to the team. I feel like those are my babies out there. When the, when the, when the, when Kevontae went out, and the, the young guys young guys came in, man. Those are the guys I was working with, Jerry and uh, Jordan. Those are my those are my little proteges, man. I'm so proud to see them go in there and play as good as they've been playing. And and I want to give a shout out to Cliff as well for uh, setting that record. I mean, that's something that you know me, Roddy Jones, uh, Orange Smith. Uh, I could go down the list. None of us were capable of doing. He was able to do it. So shout out to him for doing that too. Now y'all keep faith in the team, man. Taquan is a great leader. I had class with this dude. He is not one of those guys that just sits back and lets stuff happen. He gets out in front and he's proactive and he's a uh, very professional. He takes his quarterback in seriously and uh, he takes, you know, being the leader of the team very seriously. So uh, I know they got, he has what it takes to get them boys going in the right direction. You know? That defense is coming along too now. They 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 going they're it's, it's gonna it's gonna pop real soon. Again, that's Anthony Allen, uh, part of that 2019 team, played in the ACC championship, the Orange Bowl. So uh, he's got the credentials to back up what he's saying. So uh, Ant, thanks again, and uh, let's see if we can get a big win on Friday. Second to die from the Tech 42. Be back Mason. Tail motion, Searcy. Marshall on a play fake, looking long, airs it out, has Clinton Lynch over the shoulder, makes the catch at the 20. He has the record and the first down. Jerry McBride cut him down, but for the first time in Georgia Tech history, the Jackets have a 1,000-yard rusher and now a 1,000-yard receiver, and it's the redshirt senior, Clinton Lynch. And a complete game it was for Georgia Tech as they knock off Bowling Green 63-17 to to snap a three-game skid, pick up win number two. We're now joined by the men who brought it to you live this past Saturday. That'd be Andy Demetra, voice of the Jackets, Sean Bedford, our color analyst, and all ACC offensive linemen. And guys, I suppose the first question I have for you is the performance we saw this past Saturday against Bowling Green. Is that the most complete game for Georgia Tech five games into the 2018 season? Well, I think if we're just considering this limited sample size, it's definitely the most complete game the Jackets have had this year. Um, were there some things that still could be shored up? Absolutely. But I think in terms of the way the offense came out and executed, the way the defense was opportunistic at the right times, and generally the way the team was able to come together and play much closer to their potential, uh, that was as complete a game as we've seen this year. Yeah, I think Georgia Tech has a much more complete game in it, but it was by far their cleanest game to date. I think Paul Johnson talking uh, on our radio show Monday, he estimated about 70% fewer missed assignments. That's a positive step, zero penalties, only one fumbled snap on an exchange, which didn't cost Georgia Tech. So I think they created the right building blocks out of the Clemson game that they can carry into Louisville. Defensively for Tech, 17 points allowed, that's pretty good. Three takeaways, that's pretty good as well. But obviously the uh, 
biggest concern, and, and, and I know you and Coach talked about this on Monday night, but 11 of uh, 19 on third downs. Uh, Coach Johnson pointed out, I felt there's some holes in the coverage for Georgia Tech. What, what does Tech need to do, do you think, or to have more success getting off the field on third down? And what's odd about that is, according to Paul, guys, uh, he doesn't think it's because the defense is forcing itself into a lot of third and threes, third and twos. Down and distance has been on schedule as they try to get these offenses off the field. But uh, you're right, they just have to be sharper in their coverage. Louisville's a team that, for all of its offensive struggles, did convert 10 of 19 third downs against Florida State. They're trending in a better direction on that. And whether it's Juwan Pass or Malik Cunningham, you're going to see a quarterback who's a far more capable rushing threat than what Georgia Tech encountered versus Bowling Green. I'll turn the floor over to Sean, but you know it's not because Georgia Tech is getting behind schedule and trying to stop teams on third down. That's not the issue. I just think it takes a little better execution and concentration and you'll need that, uh, especially if you want to go on the road and win in the ACC. Well, I think that's exactly right. And one thing that, that may go unnoticed in all of this is when you look at those numbers on their face, they don't look great. Um, but you also have to consider the kind of offense the Tech was going against. And anytime you face an air raid style offense, you're going to struggle. Um, anytime you're, you're encountering those sort of uh, third down situations where they have the ability to just sort of nickel and dime their way down the field and pick out those chunks of yardage. Unfortunately for Tech, a lot of those conversions came not because of, you know, five yards followed by three yards followed by an easy conversion. It was more because they lost track of some of the playmakers, especially across the middle of the field. That could be an issue against Louisville because uh, for all of their offensive woes, if there's one thing we've seen so far is that Juwan Pass is a very capable passer across the middle of the field, especially in the short to intermediate passes. So I think a lot of it comes down to, as Andy said, focus and attention to detail and really just being, um, you know, a little bit more disciplined in those third down situations. And speaking about those types of passes short across the middle of the field, that's going to put some added pressure on Georgia Tech's linebacking core, uh, not only in slowing those down, but obviously Trey Smith and Hassan Hall, the two running backs for Louisville, had their best games to date uh, with each averaging over five yards per carry. For Georgia Tech's linebacking core, what do they need to do this week? And on top of that, Charlie Thomas uh, had some added playing time this past weekend. What do you guys hope to see from him uh, taking that next step and now getting perhaps a few more reps uh, and meaningful action? Well, I think for the linebackers generally, it starts with getting lined up, knowing their assignments, and filling their gaps. And for as simple as that sounds, that's been an area where teams frequently struggle as they're making a transition to a new defense. The other thing is you have to understand that Louisville can attack in a couple of different ways. They like to throw the ball down the field, uh, but you can't let that urge to sort of drop into coverage and over account for that, take away from your focus in the in stopping the run. And so I think those are those are both going to be things all of the linebackers need to focus on. As far as Charlie Thomas goes, I think he showed that he has good athleticism. Um, he he certainly uh, has a high motor. He gets out there and makes tackles. And I like what he can do in coverage. He's a rangy guy, too. I mean, that's something that stands out about all of these newcomers on defense, whether it's Charlie Thomas or Wanya Thomas or Zamari Walden. These guys are rangy, long-armed guys, and I think that bodes well. As far as his responsibility and the responsibility of the linebackers on Friday, 
And I don't know about you guys, but I really have to concentrate to make sure I'm saying Friday and not Saturday, just out of habit. Uh, (laughs) Very important for the linebackers to help stop those non-designed quarterback runs, because whether it's Juwan Pass or Malik Cunningham, if they don't have their first or second option, very plausible that those guys are going to break contain and try to make something happen with their feet. And it's that ability for the linebackers to get sideline to sideline and stay sound in their gaps, good gap control that will allow them to snuff out any big runs that can be broken off by the quarterbacks as they try to improvise their way into yards. And real quickly, on the topic of Friday, do you think that this short week or, if nothing else, different week uh, affects one team more than another? I don't know that it necessarily makes a huge difference between the two teams. I think it, there's there's certainly an element to your preparation that has to change as you're getting ready for this game. and. I think back to my playing days and anytime we had a Thursday night game, I always kind of enjoyed it because it was something different. It was something new. Uh, the schedule's just modified a little bit. At the same time, there are a lot of guys, and including the coaches, who are creatures of habit and who really like to have a set routine throughout the week. So it's different for sure. You know, when you're on a condensed week, would you rather be playing at home as opposed to getting on a plane and flying? Yes. So maybe that benefits Louisville just on the surface, but Georgia Tech, I think with that win, it cleanses their mind and hopefully rejuvenates their confidence and gets them in the right mindset. And their legs can be a little fresher with one day's less rest than the the players on the other side from Louisville had to grind to the final whistle against Florida State. What about you guys? How are y'all holding up? You haven't taken a snap off all season? Yeah, uh, you know, it it bumps everything up. I I think the, the timeline for getting our charts done is a little more accelerated, but come 7 p.m. on Friday, but we'll be ready. There's nothing like that. Feeling those flames licking at your feet to motivate you to keep your head in your laptop and work hard to prepare for your game. Yeah, that's exactly right. No excuses. You got to get the job done. And, you know, if, if nothing else, if the players are able to adjust their schedules and get ready to play a, a college football game, an ACC conference game on a short schedule like this, I think we can make the sacrifices necessary to have ourselves <laughs> ready to go. Well, you guys are true pros, and we will have the lights on Friday night at Cardinal Stadium in Louisville, Kentucky. We'll draw the curtain on our pregame coverage at 5 o'clock with kickoff at 7 on the Georgia Tech IMG Sports Network. And if you're in the Atlanta area, it'll be on 106.3 FM, that's Sports X, or 12.30 AM with the Braves competing in the National League Division Series. Guys, have a safe flight and look forward to hearing you all uh, Friday night. Thanks, Wiley. Thanks, Wiley. All right. Sounds good. Talk to you, everyone, on Friday night. You've been listening to the From the Flats podcast, brought to you by AT&T, your destination for the latest in Georgia Tech athletics. Be sure to tune into the Georgia Tech IMG Sports Network on game day for live coverage, and subscribe to this channel to get the latest news on the Yellow Jackets.